You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by our good friends over at Pro Prep. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the news regarding Juventus midfielder Artur Melo, who is supposedly the subject of strong interest from Arsenal. Now, we talked about this a couple of days ago because this story had started doing the rounds. The report had Uh, really kind of gained traction with regards to Arsenal's interest in the player. And according to reports today, Arsenal are now in, and I quote, advanced talks with Juventus over the signing of the Brazilian midfielder. So let's bring you up to speed with regards to what is being said, what has been said uh, around this story. And then we will dive into it a little bit deeper. I'll share my thoughts on the player, get you guys' opinions and questions from the live chat box as well. Uh, But first of all, let's, as I say, bring you up to speed with exactly what is being said. So according to the reports coming out of various sources at the moment, I think the first people to break this report, the advanced talks bit anyway, earlier on today were RMC Sport, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but it's now been picked up by a number of outlets. And what they are saying is that Arsenal, as I say, are in advanced talks with Juventus over the loan signing of our tour. Apparently, Arsenal are now waiting on Juventus coach Massimiliano Allegri to give the all clear. The Brazilian midfielder has only featured uh, in 11 Juve matches this season, which kind of signifies that in Allegri's eyes, he is um, he is somebody that parting ways with wouldn't exactly be a disaster. Um he was part of the swap deal, which saw Miralem Pjanic head to Barcelona back in 2020. Now, if you remember, when we talked about this a couple of days ago, I quoted a really big fee, um, which was around about £68 million. But a lot of you uh, in the comments section who'd watched the show back brought me up to speed with exactly what the situation was. And it was that Juve and Barcelona had done this deal, supposedly worth £68 million one way and then the other way to, for for financial accounting reasons whatever it might have been. But in actual fact, it was a swap deal uh, with regards to the two players. Now, Barcelona were keen to get Pjanic in, as were Juve to get Artur uh, across to Serie A. Now, apparently, uh, Artur himself, the 25-year-old former Barcelona star, is keen to make the move, but he's waiting on Max Allegri, as I say, to give the all-clear. And with Arteta being keen to bring in enforcements sooner rather than later uh, following Ainsley Maitland-Niles' departure. This is a deal that could well get done quite quickly. Um, He started more regularly for Juve under Andrea Pirlo last season, but he's certainly uh, not the flavour of the month under Max Allegri at the moment. So let's get some of your initial reaction um, from the live chat box, and then I'll go into this a little bit deeper. Uh, Chris KR7 says, I watched the... Fi- uh, I watched him a fair few times at Juve. The problem is his defensive abilities and the physicality that he lacks. Hold that thought. Um, Halo Matthias says, would Genie Wijnaldum be a better option then? Because he's got proven Premier League quality. Um, 
BX Gunner says, bring in Genie, Artur and Renato online, uh, on loan and buy Danilo. Uh, so BX Gunner looking for a number of midfielders to come in this uh, window. Uh, Marius says, we load Arthur now, send him back in six months time and sign Gimarash in the summer. Makes sense to me. Um, Kevin Joseph questions whether he is mobile enough for, and I quote, the hustle and bustle of the Premier League. Uh, what else have we got? Um, um, J2K says, uh, Juve have Bentancourt, Rabio, Locatelli, McKenney, and Bernadeschi. Why do they need central midfield cover before letting Artur go? Yeah, look, I, I don't think that they need cover. Um, I don't think that they're looking at it as though they need cover. I think that we're at a point, if you're to believe this reports, whereby it's clear that the player wants to come. It's clear that the player wants to get out of Juventus, wants to play football. And why wouldn't you want to join a prestigious football club like Arsenal in the best league in the world, as, as people say? You know, so you can understand why Artur is up for it. But of course, this has got to be something that Max Allegri agrees to. OK, you know, I know that Juventus haven't had the greatest start to the season. And I know that just a few weeks ago, people were asking questions about whether they were right to bring Max Allegri back to the club. But they are. Um, I still believe in a position from which they could still achieve Champions League qualification. And the Juventus hierarchy will not want to risk uh, jeopardising that. And therefore, they will defer, I guess, to the manager and try and understand a little bit about his plans for Artur in the immediate future. And um, and I think that, you know, he'll probably end up making the move if ever, if if the if Arsenal are, are willing to do this. Now, let me give you my thoughts on the player and my view on the player, because I talked about this a little bit the other day. And, and my thing was, yes, he is um, somebody that I was hugely enthusiastic about when he was at Barcelona, but somebody who since he's joined Juve, I've, I've not been overly impressed with. And I've got to be honest about that. But that, you know, players don't just lose their quality overnight. Players don't go from being incredibly talented to incredibly average in a short space of time. I've talked a lot in the past on this podcast about sometimes it just not being the right fit. Sometimes a player can go somewhere where they're not allowed to express themselves in the way that they they want, in the way that they see gives them the best opportunity of succeeding. Sometimes systems can cause problems for players. Sometimes the responsibilities put on them by their manager can be a set of responsibilities that don't necessarily shine the light on their strengths. And I think in Artur's case, this is, a, you know, this is a real possibility. This is a real how do I put this? How do I word this? This is the problem with doing shows live. You don't get time to think about what you're going to say before because it just flows. But basically, the issue with our tour is not one that pertains around the lack of quality. It's one that's to do with the fact that I believe he's currently at a team whereby his wings are clipped and he's not able to do the things that he is best at. Now, is that an excuse for poor performances all the time? No. And and is that an excuse for him to be really struggling to hold down a place in the event aside? No, you can't say that either. But all I'm saying is that you can't just dismiss people because at one club it's not worked out. He came over uh, to Europe, I think from Gremio, a big fee. I think it was around about £30 million, which was a record fee for a player coming from Brazil to Europe at the time. And obviously at Barcelona, everybody saw a lot of potential. Everybody saw 
a lot of quality. I remember watching him at Barcelona and thinking, who the hell is this lad? He looks like a player. So, as I say, I don't think Artur's someone that we should turn our noses up at. And I know that there are a lot of Arsenal fans out there that are a bit unsure about this. And But, you know, as I always say, if there are reasons and, and valid reasons as to why you're unsure, please let me know in the chat and I will bring them up and we'll discuss them. I think the one from Chris earlier on about the lack of physicality, I think that is a fair concern to have about our tour. Mentioned it earlier in a conversation I had with, with Kevin Hatchard, commentator, uh, just yesterday, we were talking about how Artur is a Rolls Royce of a player when in possession, but maybe not so effective out of possession. Um, and I think, you know, that is something that that will cause people concerns. I think in the Premier League, more than any other league in the world, you have to pull your weight out of possession uh, as much as you do in it. You know, in, in the past, when football maybe wasn't as, as as high tempo and maybe wasn't as intense in a lot of areas, we were able to carry luxury players. And if you think back, there are plenty of luxury players over the years who were able to kind of make a career based around their quality and really provided so much quality that they didn't always need to concern themselves with what they did off the ball, or at least it wasn't highlighted when they weren't as effective off the ball as some of their teammates. So, yeah, I don't think this is a reason that we should turn our noses up at our tour. But it's something that needs to be flagged and it's something that Mikel Arteta needs to consider when deciding whether this is the right deal. OK, he needs to understand what Arthur's shortcomings are, if you like, and if he can accommodate them based on tweaking other things in the team. Now, my default mode is don't tweak anything. You've got your system. You finally settled on your system after a couple of years. We're finally seeing some good come out of it do as little to limit the, the dramatic changes as you possibly can. And it's the reason why when we were talking about the Nottingham Forest game after the weekend and some people were saying we should have gone to a back five, it was why I was personally adamant that that was the wrong move. You build a shape, you build a system, you build a philosophy at a club and the ideal place that you're kind of trying to get to is a place whereby you can bring players in and out of that system because your squad is equipped to do that and that have the the most limited impact possible in terms of um of of ch of what that means for the team so i think that arsenal are clearly adopting a long term approach not in the sense of this transfer um in isolation but in terms of the the overall ideology at the club right now therefore uh, we need to be ensuring that we're not veering too far away from that now i understand that we're in a place where we, um, you know, I understand that we're in a place where we, we've still got a lot of work to do. And I understand that we're in a place where we are short in a certain position and we're kind of in that beggars can't be choosers territory at the moment. Therefore, you, you have to do something to plug that hole in the short term. But I do feel like, and, and going back to that point about philosophies and systems and understanding what someone brings to the table and whether that is what you need to accommodate your system. Deepak says, I disagree, Harry. The system is tweaked according to the quality of players you have. Otherwise, you're fighting a losing battle. I think, Deepak, that in some manager's case, that is absolutely accurate, what you're saying. That there are, I believe that there are some managers who, and I think Jose Mourinho was one of these managers when he was in his heyday, when he was in his pomp, who would go in, look at something and go, 
I think this will work best this way. And that's how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do what I need to do to get the maximum out of what I've got. I think when you look at some of the, and this is not to discredit Jose Mourinho, but when you look at somebody like Sam Allardyce, who obviously isn't in the same league, what he has been very good at throughout his career is looking at something and going, okay, might not be what I want in an ideal world, but I'm going to make these tweaks and those tweaks because I feel that will give us the best chance of succeeding. I think Tony Pulis used to do that. I think the, the point I'm trying to make, Dipak, is that I think there are a lot of managers who go in, assess, look at what they've got. Sean Dyche is another one. And it tends to be managers who have no choice but to make do with what they have uh, that take this approach in the modern game. And, and those managers will look at what they have, assess what they have and say, yes, this is the, the way I can get the maximum out of this group. And then you have philosophy managers. And I believe that at a club like Arsenal, you need a philosophy manager, first and foremost. And secondly, I believe that that's what Mikel Arteta is. There are certain elements to the game that Mikel Arteta is, uh, sees and views and, and, and considers as non-negotiables. And that means that he is going to be, uh, well, he falls into that category, in my opinion, of a philosophy manager. He's not going to let things slide. At the beginning, when he first came in and he didn't have players, uh, that he wanted and we had to switch to a back five at times and double midfield pivots and then single midfield pivots. And sometimes it was two up front and sometimes it was at the beginning. He was very much one of those guys who came in and went, well, I need to um, just make do and get by. But as time's gone on and he's managed to get his own players in, I think we're starting to understand that he is a philosophy manager. And therefore, it's important that you bring in players that fit into that philosophy, whether that be just solely based on their technical attributes, their physical attributes, their mental attributes. You look at some of the characters we've brought in uh, in the last summer window, they're all of a very similar ilk, you know, very competitive, head in the game. And so there is clearly a philosophy or a, or a structure or at least a desire with regards to what Mikel Arteta wants moving forward. And I think that Artur maybe doesn't need to be as as um, as complete in terms of the boxes he ticks and how they marry up to the philosophy as others, because this is, from our understanding, going to be a loan deal until the end of the season. The bit that everybody's uncertain about at the moment is, is this uh, a deal that Arsenal are looking to include an option to buy in come the end? And although Artur is not old by any stretch of the imagination, he's 25 and he probably falls a little bit outside of that um, that kind of age bracket that we were looking at in the summer. However, if you want to put the other spin on that and look at it from the other point of view, then what you would say is that actually Edu and Arteta did say, didn't they, that the first phase of, of the, this development and this building of the team was that we were going to go down the route of bringing in players who were of a certain age profile, of a young age profile who could grow and develop with the club. And that the second phase would be to then go and add more experienced players who would then complement that, help those young guys to develop and hopefully close the gap between where we are and where we want to be as a team. So I think, you know, a signing of a 25-year-old, even if it's on a loan or, or if we do go into a place where we are, you know, looking to purchase him on a permanent deal, doesn't mean that the 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 philosophy or the, the plan is being abandoned. 
I think it's always been part of the plan that we go for more experienced players to then come in and hopefully give us that right balance between youth and experience, between developing players and ready-made players. So let's uh, have a quick look at some of Artur's uh, stats and facts. Once again, we did touch on this a little bit the other day, so I don't want to dive too much into it, but he is capable of playing in a central midfield or a slightly defensive midfield position. I think this is a little bit misleading because it shows him as a DM. As I said to you guys, either yesterday or the day before, I don't see Artur as a DM in the sense of he's someone who breaks up play, smashes into people and, and worries first and foremost about the defensive side of the game. I would compare him a little bit to Jorginho. He's a bit of a quarterback, a bit of a tempo setter. And I think, um, you know, that that's something, you know, we, we probably need uh, in the interim. Would he come into the first team ahead of Xhaka or Partey when they're both available, given the, the, the decent balance that we found with those two? Not 100% sure, but I do think he gives us um, he gives us a lot of technical ability in the middle of the park. And that's technical ability that maybe we lack at times uh, when we play with Partey and, uh, and Xhaka. Xhaka's got the ability to ping a pass. We know that, whatever. So has Partey. But I don't think they really create an awful lot from those deeper positions. Not in the way that we know Artur can anyway. Um, you know, there's a debate around whether that's happening at the moment, but... I think he gives you something slightly different to those two guys. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm not against this signing and I'm especially not against it because of the nature of the deal. I think a six month loan deal is the right thing to do in this situation. A, a lot of people have, have highlighted the fact that, you know, once Mohamed Elneny returns, once Thomas Partey returns, then that central midfield area can be dealt with properly in the summer. And it's not so much of an issue. But in the interim, we need to get players in. And we're only a couple of injuries, a couple of COVID cases away from being in a real problem in that area of the park. So I'm actually happy. Um, I'm actually happy that this seems like it could be uh, a goer. Uh, let's see what else uh, we've got in the chat box from you guys. Um, Stephen Foote says, Harry, isn't quality more important than his idiosyncrasies and individual skill sets? Yeah, look, overall quality is obviously massive. But as I keep saying to you, and as I said earlier on, and, and it would explain why Artur hasn't really worked at Juventus. Sometimes if you fail to acknowledge those things and if you overlook those things and if you don't pay enough attention to those particular things, you can end up with a player who isn't necessarily a bad player, but isn't someone that gives your team what you are specifically looking for. And, and I think that that's really, really important. I don't think that you can just say he's got quality, therefore we don't have to consider those things. And I think now more than ever in football, philosophy and system and chemistry is so, so important. You know, it's gone are the days where those who simply had the best 11 players on the pitch were going to win everything. We've seen managers push through with obviously quality players as well, but with really good ideologies and philosophies and overachieve off the back of that. So um, I don't think that, you know, we should dismiss the fact that he's overall got a lot of quality, but I don't think that you can also, uh, also equally, if you like, I don't think you can dismiss the way he fits and, and the importance of him fitting in the right way with what it is that's going on around him. Um, you know, I, and I think some of those little bits and pieces, like we talk about chemistry, let me give you a, a bit of an example. 
we look at the way Martinelli's come into the team and we look at the way that Martinelli's been a lot more impactful in that final third since he's been playing with Xhaka and Tierney. Now, why is that? Because the balance between those three players in the areas in which they occupy is 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 as close to perfect as you're going to get. You've got a fullback in Kieran Tierney who gets forward quite often on the outside and causes teams problems that way. You've got a left wing forward, if you like, in Martinelli, who likes to come infield because he's right-footed and that's what his natural instincts tell him to do. And you've got Granit Xhaka, a central deep-lying midfield player, who naturally, because of the fact he's left-footed, shifts over to the left-hand side. And all of those things intertwined and combined are what give Arsenal that balance on the left-hand side. It isn't just about... Um, you know, one individual player. It's it's about that balance and that chemistry. And that's why I feel like that's a really, really important thing. Uh, Jay Dime says, is he actually good, H? Yeah, look, he's a good player. He's, he's lost his way a little bit at Juventus. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Craig Barlow says, spot on, Harry, as Artur uh, is like a quarterback. He's played as a DM for Juve, but he's not a DM. Very good on the ball. Absolutely. Brings a lot of quality. Um in those positions. Uh, and Craig also goes on to say that Juve have so many midfielders as well. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Because Juve having those midfield options means that he's not indispensable, means that Allegri might well say, take him, you know, let him go. It's it's not doing us any, he's not being used. He's hardly being used. You only have to look at his profile this season. He's only played seven matches in the Serie A so far this season. So he's clearly not someone that Allegri sees as a first team fixture. And um, he sees him as a squad player, but nothing more than that. What else have we got? Uh, John P says, have you heard that Juve might go for Bruno? And us taking Artur might help them do that. Do you know if this is true? So there were some reports coming out of, I think it was Goal Brazil yesterday, uh, that Bruno Guimaraes, um, who is the subject of interest from Arsenal, apparently, and Juventus now, um, although he is keeping tight-lipped about it and is not really saying a great deal about where his future lays, could be on the move in uh, during this month. And that Juventus had approached Leon with a deal that would see them take him on loan for the remainder of the season with an obligation or option to buy clause inserted at the end of that. And look, as clubs continue to recover from the effects of the pandemic, there are going to be a lot of these loans with options to buy, loans with... Um, obligations to buy. It's almost like um, a, a, some kind of try before you buy a free trial kind of thing that clubs are doing and clubs are willing to do and entertain and open to because it means that they can move on players for big fees, big fees that they wouldn't normally get if they don't throw some kind of sweetener into the deal because of the current climate. So, yeah, I think that... Um, you know, Juve could be interested in Bruno Gimaraish, but this is this is what I was saying yesterday. If we want Bruno Gimaraish, we can blow Juventus out of the water. There's no doubt about that. Financially, we're on a different planet to anybody in Serie A right now, just because of that gap in wealth and and power between the Premier League clubs and the Serie A clubs. Remember as well, the crowds are reduced again in Italy. We've got full stadiums here. That's another massive revenue source. So I, I just think that if we really want Bruno Gimaraes in the summer, Arsenal can make that happen. And maybe Arsenal would need to kind of set the groundwork from now. Does Artur, um, does taking Artur away from Juve 
mean that we're almost giving Juve the advantage in the race for Bruno Guimaraes? I don't think so, but I can understand why people see it that way. I just think if we want um, Bruno Guimaraes in the summer, we can do it. We can make it happen because we are financially stronger and can pay the money now. Um, you know, pay that money now as opposed to kicking the can down the road and asking clubs to trust us with a, a loan and then this obligation to buy, option to buy, whatever you, you want to call it further down the line. Uh, Chris says, haven't you seen the Telemans news, Harry? I have seen the Telemans news, but I'm not really sold on that at this moment in time. I'm, I'm not really believing that Arsenal are making any headway or even trying at this moment in time to prize Yuri Telemans away from Leicester City. I feel like Arsenal would know that would be an incredibly difficult deal to do. Um, and given that they're a club that will be in competition with us, if they can get their act together uh, for the European places, they're going to want top whack and they're going to want to throw something in on top uh, to make sure that if they do have to let the player go, it's it's for a crazy amount of money. So I, I don't really see there being many legs in that one. Hopefully I'm wrong because I do really like Yuri Tielemans, but at this moment, I just can't see it. Uh, Jay Dubia says, uh, can you remember when Wenger highlighted the fact that players running down their contracts would become common when our players started doing doing it? Oh, how we've ridiculed him. Absolutely, Jay. Oh, and who was I having? A, I think I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues about this a few weeks ago or just before Christmas. And I said, remember when, uh, when Wenger said that players would run down their contracts and everybody laughed? And now look, it's happening. Um, and it's happening everywhere. Um, so, yeah. Let's uh, see what else we've got here. Anwesh Mishra says, uh, as you watch Serie A a lot, do you think Fabian Ruiz is good and that Arsenal should buy him? Um, I like Fabian Ruiz. He's a player that we were linked with quite a bit, I think, if I'm not mistaken, a good couple of seasons ago now. Um, so, yeah, he's a player that I like. Um, but again, you know, you're, you're, the difficulty here, right, is that in the Artur situation, you're asking Juve to part ways with a player who isn't that important in what they're currently doing and isn't really going to damage their prospects of achieving the goals that they set out at the start of the season. Whereas with Fabian Ruiz, you're asking Napoli to give up a player that is important to them. And I think that's a more difficult deal to do. Um, you know, you, you don't want to sign players that aren't necessarily wanted or, or or aren't finding themselves or don't ha currently occupy a position within their current club whereby they're seen as, you know, indispensable. But that's the kind of difficulty of the January market, isn't it? You've got to navigate it in the smartest way possible. And as I keep saying, sometimes a player that doesn't fit in somewhere doesn't necessarily mean they can't do a job or improve you in some way. Let's see uh, what else uh, people are saying in the chat box. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Jay Dime says, Wenger even predicted that the top four was a trophy. He's the Messiah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Um, Darren Nichols says, hi, Harry. Do you realistically see us spending big in January on Vlaovic with our owner's track record? I just don't believe it. You know what? We um we were not going to talk about Vlavic on this pod on this episode. I, I was going to title it afterwards the one not about Vlavic, but look, I understand it's big big news at this moment in time. And I wrote a little cheeky blog entry 
uh, on the Chronicles of Aguna blog, which if you go into the community tab on your YouTube, you'll be able to find. Click the link, go through to it, have a quick read. Uh, let me know what you think. Any feedback, comments, likes, whatever on it are very much appreciated. So please do get involved. Um, look, I, I think that Arsenal want to do this deal. But as I explain in that blog, I think that the reluctance on Vlavic's side is, is not due to anything financial. I think it's due to him um, wanting somewhere where there's Champions League football. And if you think about the clubs that are in for him at the moment, you're talking about Juve, talking about Arsenal, Spurs have been linked as well, but neither of those sides necessarily um, are in a place where they can guarantee Champions League football for next season. So it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this goes, how this develops. Um, one to keep an eye on. He's a good player. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, I, I'm not confident that it's going to go through at this moment in time. Uh, what else have we got in the chat? Uh, Jay Dubia says Insignia, Kessier, players that we could potentially bring in, I'm assuming. Insignia um, on his way to Toronto. Weird one, that. At the end of the season, free agent. Uh, he will be joining um, Toronto FC uh, in a deal that is uh, reportedly worth £44 million, depending on what you're reading. It's crazy money. Um, and, and it's a weird one, that, because... Listen, with all due respect to to football in in North America, it's not, and I don't mean this in a in a in a negative or or you know horrible way, but it it isn't at the level of European football just yet, and so we're in a place where players that are going there tend to go there towards the back end of their careers, and tend to go there for huge, um, for huge pay. Um, so for Insigne to get up and say, yeah, I'm going to go there at this point in his career was a bit weird and a bit strange and a bit baffling. I think it's drawn a lot of criticism off the back of that. Um, let me just bring you guys uh, a quick message from our sponsors over at Pro Prep um, because uh, they are very, very kindly sponsored the show. We're also uh, currently in partnership with Athletic Greens as well. So, uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, make sure you check out both of those in the links in the description. Uh, please do head over there and uh, and, and check those out. Um, but ProPrep is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering or maths related modules. And it can half your study time. They provide bright sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. And it's already helped over half a million students to pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions. So you'll be ready. Uh, you can even submit questions to the pro prep professors uh, and receive a video answer within 24 hours. If you head over to proprep.uk slash info slash football, you can sign up to a free 30 day trial without entering any credit card details. We thank ProPrep uh, for their kind sponsorship and also be sure to check out Athletic Greens as well, who you'd have heard about a little bit earlier on in the programme. Uh, let's go back uh, to the chat box. Uh, Ammo says, Ruben Neves doing live streams and supporting Arsenal. Are you saying I look like Ruben Neves? I'll take that. Good looking lad. Um, I've been called all sorts lately. Um, I was called uh, Socrates before. Uh, I've been labelled as Alexander Mitrovic in the past. I think that was when my hair was a little bit shorter. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm not 
uh, I'm not a stranger to being called uh, a lookalike of someone that I don't personally think I look like. But anyway, uh, cheers for that, Ammo. Uh, just a quick one as well. If you haven't done so already, please do hit the like button on the video because there are over 227 of you watching us live at this moment in time. We're around about 35 to 40 subscribers away from hitting 18,000 on YouTube. So please do subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, and we've got a poll in the comments that we're going to come back to in just a second. But first, hit that like button. Uh, it really, really does help. And it really does uh, make a difference to getting these videos and these episodes out to as many people as possible. Right. With regards to the poll and over 200 of you have voted up until this point. We asked the question, do you think Artur Melo on loan would be a good signing? And 79% of you say yes. Well, I guess the people have spoken. So, Mikel, Edu, uh, get back out there and um, and make sure that you, uh, you, are, um, you are trying to get this deal done ASAP because we need the players in. And by God, uh, are we short in those positions? So, yeah. Cool. Right. Uh, I am... Going to leave it there. Um, going to leave it there. Uh, and of course, we're going to catch up uh, tomorrow with some more Arsenal related content. Um, looking forward to catching up with you guys on whatever is fresh in the Arsenal world. Remember, hit the like button. Remember, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Remember, check out Pro Prep. Check out Athletic Greens in the description below. And uh, we'll. Uh, We'll be back very, very soon with more. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for all uh, your opinions. Uh, it's been a blast as always, and I'll catch you all soon. Until then, goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening 